Pastor good afternoon and welcome to Perspective, your view of the world we live in on the Isle of Man of the 21st century. I'm joined in the studio by a, a, a panel of booze boffins. Um, I'm going to ask you one by one if you could to introduce yourselves. If I Yeah, uh, I'm Ben Quirk, I'm from the Manx Cider Company and we're based in Peel for the moment. Uh, John Wheeler from the Two Fellas Micropub and the White House Hotel in Peel. Martin Brunchweiler from Bushy's Brewery. Uh, Matt Cox, uh, I am, for my sins, the, the new organiser of the uh, Beer and Cider Festival. Lovely, thank you very much indeed. Um, I want to talk first of all about, about the public house, uh, kind of broadly, and um, booze is obviously available at the, at the supermarket um, at a, f- a fairly discounted rate. Pre-drinking before a night out is no longer the exception, it's the rule mm. for a lot of people. Um, has the role of the of the pub changed? I suppose fairly open question. Maybe Martin, if we could start with you. Yeah, no, you're right. It has changed. Um, certainly, in the 30, 35 years since I've been on the island, um, you know, there's been big changes, and uh, I suppose one of the main things is that uh, food has taken a bigger, a much bigger role in uh, in how the, the way pubs operate. Um, I think the biggest uh, you mentioned uh, the the sort of uh, the big supermarkets um, how they've uh, affected people's social habits and to me the biggest change was probably when um, when it became cheaper for um, for Joe Public to go out and buy um, alcohol when it actually was cheaper than a pub could buy it wholesale to me mm. that was a, a ground changing uh, you know uh, uh, event and uh, as soon as that happened it, it started to make the pubs because there are figures out there which show that the actual price of a pint isn't actually any more than it was 30 odd years ago compared to the compared to people's wages the big difference is it's so much cheaper to be able to buy beer or whatever wine and uh, other drinks to take home and uh, yeah, I'm I'm not convinced it's uh, it's a healthy situation, but I suppose I would say that. Um, Mr. Wheeler, if I could come to you, you've obviously the two fellas micropub yeah. is a fairly fairly recent um, invention. Um, yeah. What what are your what are your views <coughs> as a as a a new pair of eyes, perhaps in that market? Then yeah, similar to, to Martin, you know, it's it's something you can see with the, the the prices in supermarkets. It's it's quite a challenge. So obviously we tried to create something that was a little bit duff, uh, different from traditional pubs and and try and give people things that that they can't get elsewhere and see if that would draw people out to the pub instead instead of at home um, with uh, with with cheaper booze and it works to a degree. And the the response to that, um, I mean, I, I've been once or twice. Yeah. Pretty pretty good, really. For oh the yeah, community. yeah, yeah. People like what we're doing. It, it is definitely different, and they like to see it. So um, maybe if we could talk a bit about the pub as a sort of community space i mean that that still applies doesn't it it's it's still a social hub perhaps in the community matt maybe uh yeah certainly from my point of view um i would far rather go to a pub and and have have a few beers than sit in front of me telly and um and drink what i would think is an inferior (laughs) an inferior product and that, I suppose the, the the point is there are always going to be things the pub can do which a supermarket can't, right? So they're not they're Indeed, not quite yeah. Um, yeah. they're not quite kind of a a substitute, if you like. No. Um. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's sad, isn't it? it was like, we've been looking around the island recently, the Liverpool Arms is shut, mm-hmm. and uh, it may have not been the busiest, busiest um, pub on the island, but there was certainly a hub for Bold Ryan, so it's it's just, it's, it's really sad to see those things go, and like John's pub mm-hmm. in the PLI, uh, the White House, and two fellas, you know, those are probably the two main drinking holes that I have, and they're really good social hubs, and you know, I, I love going to them, and much ask with Martin, uh, with um, Matt, sorry, I'd be way happier to be sat in there having a yap with pals than so sat you, in front of the box. You, you can't yeah. have banter with the TV, can you? No. no, no, no. <laughs> I was uh, recently uh, Googling beer quotes um, because I, I, I sponsor a cask at the beer festival and you have to put a little message. And so I found this one, which I thought was pretty good, really, a bit trite, but... It was a, a definition of civilization. There's people talking over a few beers. The pub is the the original social network, isn't it? You know, you mm-hmm. I mean, even even within my lifetime, if you if you wanted a a plumber or a joiner or a mechanic, mm-hmm. it would be it would be a good place to start. That that still applies, right? Definitely. Definitely, oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think the the good thing is certainly like the pubs that I drink in Peel as well I, I can leave the house on my own and go and sit in the pub mm. and there'll always be people there mm. even people I don't know that mm. everyone seems happy to talk to you in that environment you know, it's TT week and things you get to meet you know some really interesting oh, yes. folk yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder um, uh, maybe that sort of shift in attitudes is that is that a generational thing perhaps do you think yeah, it probably is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it it does appear to me that is one of the things that's the worry in the pub business that you you've got uh, your regulars that have come on year and year, and you're looking for the younger people that are going to replace those, and there's not quite so many of those, and that and that's quite clear. Yeah, and it is like you say, you might see them later on because they've already been at home with their supermarket staff or whatever, but yeah, that's that's definitely a concern. Yeah, because you've taken quite a brave step not having music and things in the bars haven't you mm. you know but and i think you still get people in don't you oh yeah and and to be fair it's not just older people we do get young people in they do come in yeah. i think the isle of man is a little bit different from definitely the uk the younger people do get more involved with pubs because they are they are more tied into the community because we're a small community so that is a little bit different um martin do you still find that your sort of clientele are um of certain age groups Generally speaking, um, well, yeah, it does. It sort of varies from pub to pub, um, but as as has been said, you know, the 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 ages are they do seem to be getting older, and that there aren't quite that many youngsters coming through. You'd like to think that it will that it will come through. You know, that uh, as as people the youngsters appreciate sort of uh, how important having a so well, I personally think it's very important uh, having uh, the sort of social contact and meeting people down at the pub it's uh it's all part and it's all part and parcel of uh, certainly you know the way of life on the isle of man and you'd love to think but it's it's not just um in the isle of man you know it's it's a similar pattern across you see you, know, so you just drive around towns and out and you just see so many closed down pubs possibly for different reasons it could be because their um the property values are far higher if they go for uh, residential use but um no, I mean, I'm, I suppose I'm always optimistic that uh, that things will t- will turn out fine, <laughs> and that they'll uh, that they'll, they'll sort of uh, find a level and it'll just uh, even themselves out. But um, no, you, you just I, I can't see. I personally can't see how uh, how these youngsters can uh, 
enjoy just sort of uh, communicating sort of through their phones or through their uh, um, you know however they're doing it on social media I, I just think face to face has got to be it's mm. got to be better you, you you mentioned a bit about the, <clears throat> the sort of different um, what would be the different uh, customer base of different pubs looking at, at bushies as an example um Perhaps a lot of a lot of my peers certainly would would sooner drink maybe in the in the Rovers Return, for example, yes. rather than go into somewhere maybe kind of a bit more out of town. Perhaps. So, yeah. Are, are you conscious of those those think, differences? Well, yes. I think we had a we had a very sort of uh, unusual pub in. The, I'm going back many years now, twenty odd years, um, when we had the old Bushies pub in Victoria Street, and that really did sort of uh, it did sort of appeal to. Uh, so sort of, I, 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 it's hard to even. Um, it's hard to generalise who it appealed to, but it was a sort of a studenty come goth, and uh, you know all the sort of crowd who uh, who were slightly slightly different, and uh, yes. they looked slightly <laughs> different. And uh, but it but it, it but it also sort of uh, it went across the board. So you had bankers who were, were sort of reminded them of their student days and other things. So you, you couldn't generalise, but um, obviously when that pub closed, though. Um, all the refugees sort of seem to uh, um, to head to the rovers, and that seems to have kept it going. It, it was it was very much a sort of music orientated <coughs> pub, and um, as very, well as well very as eclectic. Eclectic, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's a good word. <laughs> Clientele, and uh, yeah, but as you say, but each um, each sort of. Uh, Town on the island has a sort of different, um, a different. I mean, I love those pubs that you've mentioned in Peel, the White House, and uh, John and John and Charles's pub. But um, you know, it's. And I actually quite envy them that they they don't <laughs> actually have to do food because yes. Uh, yes. food is a is a very hard thing to keep going in pubs, and you know, it's uh, it's so uh, it's so hard to uh, to sort of keep keep the levels that people are looking for. So uh, yeah, I envy pubs that don't have to do food. I think it's. Uh, that must be heaven. <laughs> Just mentioning those the two pubs in Peel yeah. and the, the two fellas and, and the White House. Do you find there's uh, a different appeal between those two, maybe, or is it, or is it sort of similar people who you find are, are coming through the doors? Oh no, there, there is there is a definite sort of like split there, but there is also a crossover because you'll get those people that come into the into the micropub, the two fellas, because they want to see what beers we've got on because they know that it's going to be different from last week. And then because of at, at closing time, 10.30, they'll then quite often, because you know, we've already had a chat with them, told them what's on down the road, so they'll go down there. <laughs> but then you'll get people that are that are in the White House and just probably wouldn't consider walking into a micropub because you know, heard, have heard someone comment, I'm not going to drink beer in a shop. <laughs> uh, and beer, t- beer drinkers tend to come in two kinds. There are the, there are the ones like you and me mm. who uh, love to have you know, a different beer, love to sample the guest beers etc but there are many beer drinkers that I know who say oh, I like me bushies or I like me Oakles bitter mm. I know it I know what it is I know it's good I know when it's not good and I can I can uh, handle myself accordingly okay. guest beers are no good to me I, I might come across one that I like and I'll get it and tomorrow night but next week it'll be gone I'll never yeah, see it again yeah. mm. that's no good to me <laughs> do, do the same sort of things apply with with cider? Do you think? It's very hard to tell. I'm obviously I've I've not got any point of sale. I just I supply mm-hmm. likes of John and, and other pubs around the island. Um, so I, I th- it's very hard to find out what my demographic of drinker is. Um, certainly, the comments on the Facebook page and things tend to be from like I'd say under like forty five. You know, there's quite a few, but are 
our image, our side is very much pushed by image, um, mm. and I think that that plays a huge part in appealing to the, the younger generation of, of drinkers as well. Um, something we're going to carry on pushing. So may maybe there's a, a bit of a, a gap between the, the cider market and and real ale then, as, as we kind of differentiate between between them. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of people's expectations of cider are like the strongbow and fizzy. You know, yeah. like the fizzy sweet ciders and the cordelig and, and real horrible stuff. Um, <laughs> whereas the, the cider we make, we, we make a, a real natural cider. Um, it's probably more in keeping with the, the ale producers, really, you know, certainly on the island with the, the purity laws, keeping it 100% apple juice, you know. I think that it does appeal to that, that kind of drinker, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. Is, um, is the pub sort of still a part of of people's weeks do you feel because i mean certainly i'm thinking about my family it, it's oh, in some corners of my family it's become you know it's part of people's routine that you have a a, a visit to the pub um mm. you know maybe maybe once a week or maybe more or maybe yeah, a bit definitely. less because i mean you, you've got all of the the darts and the pool that goes on all the time so that there are people that turn up week in week out to do that and you can be stood at the bar and you know you look at your watch and think that oh George is going to turn up in a minute, and uh, sure enough, in they wander. And, you know, it's great, and yes, other you times can. you can be stood in the micro pub, and it's it's a, a dismal, wet night outside, and yeah, oh, oh, here, here they are, good, good, you know. I've not seen anybody all night, but right, yeah. right on cue, sort absolutely, of yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you can set your watch by some of them. Yeah, yeah, Roger Cave, you're one of them. <laughs> I should I should mention Roger Cave. Actually, we were hoping, uh, obviously, to have Roger with us. Um, He's not particularly well, so thank you very much, Matt, for, for stepping in yeah, short notice. Okay. Yes, Roger is our usual uh, media mouthpiece for the for the beer festival, uh, but he's uh, he's not well. Yeah. And those who uh, who keep a, keep an eye on the on the calendar may well have noticed that this is not a coincidence that we're talking talking pubs this week. It is the beer festival this week. It is indeed um, coming up Thursday. How are how are preparations going? Well, um, straight after this, I shall be heading out with the van to uh, the, the lock-up that we store our stillage and bars in to pick those up uh, so they're, they're ready to offload in the morning at the, at the villa and get started. So it's, uh, it's a full week uh, for, for me and, and a few others. Um, the beer arrives on Tuesday morning, uh, so we should have, we need to have the stillage up and ready to put the put the beers up on the stillage, let them settle and uh, get them under cooling um, so that we can tap them on uh, on the Wednesday and uh, hope to God <laughs> they'll all come good for Thursday. You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, It's has it been four years in the in the Villa Marina now, is that right? And Or, or there, thereabouts? Yes, I think this maybe is the fourth, this, maybe this is the fourth is year the fourth. in the Villa, I think, yeah. Um, yeah. How has that, that festival grown then? From from its days in the in the up at the Masonic Hall, I, th I, I think. think at the first festival we had about sixty beers. Was, was about it? sixty Something beers, like I that. think. Yeah, um, and it it grew from there, and then it grew exponentially when we went to the villa. Um, we did have approaching two hundred, I think, a mm. um, couple two or three years ago, uh, but we caught a cold mm. there because. Um, Unfortunately, we, we were counting on a, an increase in attendance and uh, attendance sort of, it was about the same as the previous year and we 
uh, we were all very long-faced, pouring beer down the drain on the <laughs> on the Sunday. On yeah. the Sunday. <laughs> um, I've had I've had a quick message in, and I'll I'll direct conversation back to this. Um, Andy says, "Fast am I? If no more than fifteen minutes is the walkable distance to a pub, um, how many people now don't have such a community facility?" That's an interesting point, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, Pe- Peel's very well served. Oh, you Peel's very well served. Yeah. Castletown's yeah. well served. <clears throat> yeah. Um, um, I suppose Douglas is to a certain extent, but, but uh, there, there are many places around. Yeah, if you think some of the more rural places where we've lost pubs, like um, yes. <coughs> you know, Glen May, the you know, yeah. uh, waterfall's gone. Yeah. You know, the East the, the Balakalin Hotel up at yeah. Dorby. You mentioned the Liverpool Arms. As yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Another, one, another one. <coughs> yeah. So is is it is it you know is it rural pubs that are suffering? Do you think maybe? It's very difficult. I mean, I think I, I don't know about you guys, but the real pub really needs to offer a, a really good food offering, doesn't it? Mm. To, to get the people out there, yeah. I, I'd say. Out of town yeah. pubs, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I think if you can be on a bus route, it helps as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that and can... A, yeah, a lot yeah. of the rural pubs offer a, a, a courtesy bus service, don't they, yeah. to yeah. get people in and get them back and get, get home yeah. again. The the elephant in the room, I suppose, which is something we're going to have to talk about at some point, um, obviously the changes in laws, again, in, in my lifetime, on, on smoking in pubs mm. and on drink driving... How how much have have they affected uh, well pubs in general, but may, maybe specifically the rural pubs, Martin? What what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I mean, look, the, 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 all those things will have uh, will have impacted one way or the other. I think the um, drink driving was always going to be. Um, I, I don't think that's. I don't think I mean, nobody's going to say that you know drink driving uh, was no, out. No, you nobody could, can defend. You could never driving. defend it, and uh, <laughs> no, I mean um, you know, and I think that was always going to um, to have a, a bit of an impact. It's often cited as like the the de- the reason for death yeah. of pubs, though, isn't it? Drink driving. I always no. hear it. Oh, drink driving's killed the pub. I, I don't believe that. No, at all. and and people, you know, they're quite used to having a designated driver, and you know, you can. Uh, you can um, sort of easily overcome it, and that should you know we've we've known about those um, those things long enough. Smoking's another one; it's a, it's a tough one because on one hand, I'm, I'm a, a former smoker, and I can see that the you know one-handed is better. Um, I I'm probably a little bit on my own on this one. I I thought it was a shame that the Isle of Man couldn't have come up with a tailor-made uh, yeah. a tailor-made sort of. Uh, situation that um you know smoking you know people have tried to blame it on europe there are still in switzerland mm. and yes. uh, germany yeah. and austria you can Absolutely. still smoke oh, in yeah. the pubs yeah. and you know yeah. or they have ventilated rooms and uh, i personally thought it could have uh, it could have been we could have come up with a unique way but uh, anyway we just followed suit and that's the way it is we've just got to uh, but that will have had a that will have had a big um, impact on um, on certainly on smokers you know smokers do <laughs> they do uh, they're still significant in numbers mm. and very often smoking and drinking certainly used to go hand in hand yeah and in some ways the there was a bit of an appeal to the a smoke filled bar and mm. what have you although i must say it is nice to be able to you know, get up in the morning and be able to put your sweater back on <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Stink of uh, smoke. It's, no, you're quite right. But uh, on the other hand, you know, it could have been nice to have had a bit of a choice. But mm. I just uh, felt it was a lost chance um, that the island could have could have come up with a very uh, a unique um, you know arrangement. But so so be it. Mm. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking, you've, you've jogged my memory a little bit. I I went 
through a German airport not that long ago, and there was a ventilated room for for smokers yep. specifically with a I don't know what you'd call it really a, a shoot an extractor fan. Yep. Um, that well, I mean maybe it's a bit late to have this discussion, but that that could have could have applied in a in a pub, could it? Definitely. And uh, no, I think uh, I'm looking remembering myself back in the time uh, the license fixture is on the island. We looked very closely at trying to get these uh, uh, ventilated rooms. And we had um, we had uh, certain companies who said that they could have supplied uh, they could have supplied uh, an atmosphere that was uh, as good as a, an operating theatre, <laughs> but the powers that be just weren't mm. uh, they weren't they weren't interested in uh, looking at that. And you know I can see they can't ever condone smoking really, but um, it was to me it was. It's, it, it, it probably has caused more illnesses sending people out on a freezing night to smoke <laughs> than, uh, <laughs> than you might have had. Uh, but um, anyway, no, I'm just being mischievous. <laughs> I've, I've had another message in, which is an interesting one. I'm going to put to the panel um, for a couple of reasons. Um, it's an anonymous message, but it says, uh, you have an all-male panel, and it just made me wonder about women in the sector. I'll come to that in a second. Any any movers or shakers in the Isle of Man industry? Also, do you think pubs play a different role for women in the community? Now, it's a good opportunity for me to to add in the invite for this program was extended far wider than the than the four willing victims I have in <laughs> front of me. Um, I did ask representatives from several other breweries on the island. Um, but the point about it being a male panel is it is it, is it a man's game? Do you think the pub? Uh, it is to a certain mm. extent, mm. Um, and I think some of the uh, pub landlords could uh, counter it in a way bit that there are a few bars that I frequent that um, the language and banter is such that not many women would um, put up with it, and and they don't, and they uh, they put up with it or they. They uh, react to it by just not going, um, which is a shame. And, you know, in the old days, uh, the old landlords or the landladies, maybe, would say, no, you, you, you're not going to use that language, or if you do, you're out. Um, you know, it would upset a few people initially, but uh, I think it would make some pubs... Uh, a a, 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 a bit, more welcoming bit more environment yeah. For, yeah. for women, yeah. I suppose in times gone past, you had you had men's only clubs or men's only rooms yeah. or that sort mm. of thing. So yes, perhaps yeah. even if those don't exist in the same way, uh, you know, formally, maybe maybe the the perception's still there. Do you mm. think that's fair? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I know certainly with the micropub because it is a bit more of a genteel space, and we've had plenty of ladies that that, that have come in, and they said that they feel a lot more comfortable in there than, than in one of the other pubs and that they'd, they'd quite happily walk in and mm. on their own just to meet up with people whereas some of the other pubs even like the White House they'd say that we wouldn't want to really walk in there on a, on my own That's I wouldn't yeah. feel quite so comfortable yeah I mean I'm lucky enough to be married to someone who enjoys the pub as much as I do but um, what I said before about go, going out and peel I can go to a pub and just sit there and chat to everyone I don't think my wife would be particularly comfortable heading there on her own no. I'm sure she'd find plenty of people to talk to, but mm. she also wouldn't find, you know, in an offensive environment, maybe offensive, where she, she wouldn't find, she's not easily offended, so mm. I guess it's down to the individual. It's an interesting point about, about the micropub. Now, um, for those who, who haven't been, who are listening, perhaps it's a fairly 
sort of minimalistic approach, if that's yeah, the right word. Yeah. Um, fairly kind of um, plain uh, visually, quite yeah. um, quite quite much. The emphasis is is on the beer. No kind of pub games. No music. Yeah, uh, yeah, certainly no. to my knowledge, um, so it's it's a slightly different take on a on a pub, isn't it? It is, like you say, yeah. No music, no TVs. Uh, we've got no games going on in it at the moment, but that's one thing that you know, pos- traditional pub games, are something that we could do. They might just put some cards or dominoes in the corner. But like you say, it's it's quite quite a basic space. It's about the product that we've got, um, trying to make that that interesting and focus on that, and then then just the art of of conversation and people just walking in and. Such and a having relief. a chat. Such Quite a relief not seeing a gambling machine in there as well. Oh, as yeah, if, yeah, you know, yeah, as it is. Yeah. And do you, do you find that? I mean, I I know I've sort of asked you this in different words already. Mm-hmm. Do you find therefore that different people are interested in in the micro pub for for those reasons maybe? Oh yeah, there's definitely a, a crowd of people that that come in that yeah you you don't see quite so much in the the more traditional pub, and and yeah they just want good good drink you know whether it's beer wine or or cider. Um. Martin, if I could, if I could ask you, um, across your kind of kind of range of of input into beer on the island, um, how much do you do you think about trying to make it sort of accessible to people, whether that be based on gender or or age? Um, well, I think no, I think we're always we're always very uh, conscious that um, you know we need to try and be as um, or appeal to as many people as possible. I think it's been um, it's been shown that camera um, does have a, a much bigger uh, female membership than it ever used to. It, it, yeah, it, it's yeah. broadened its uh, appeal, and it's lovely to see, you know, women enjoying enjoying a, a good beer. Um, so it, it's sometimes I think we've gone backwards because I think traditional pubs they used to be able to. Um, and I think they were designed in a way that they used to have a lounge bar, which was well, that's right, a, a yeah. bit smarter. Which uh, I'm guessing that you know the, the, there wouldn't have been any uh, any um, uh, bad language or whatever tolerated. Yeah. They used to have a smoke room <laughs> <That's> <laughs> very right. often, which again accommodated that uh, that more recent problem. And I but think possibly the pubs they they went through a, a, a phase of sort of knocking o- down opening all, them all out. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they they opened them up and they sort of became more open plan, which caused these other problems. So I think I think they they had addressed these uh, issues mm. many years ago and it sort of came full circle mm. but no we're very uh, we're very conscious that you know we want to uh, appeal to as as many people as possible yeah my, my grandmother was a was a publican in douglas before i was born and i can't imagine her sort of tolerating the language that we that we get yeah. sometimes now. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right but uh, no it's uh, but you know but we do but again i think the trade has moved on and there are bars and uh, pubs which are a lot more um, uh, uh, they'll appeal a lot more to uh, well females as well as males mm-hmm. down in Port Aaron we've got that uh, lovely little bar down by the uh, that down towards the um, um, the Life breakwater yeah, yeah. yeah at uh, foraging vintners yeah. which yeah. is uh, yeah. is a you know pub and they've got some very interesting beers on mm-hmm. as well as well as the uh, the wines and the cocktails that are offered so I'd like to think that you know the the trade has had to, has adapted to try and uh, to make it more uh, more friendly to everyone. Um, certainly, with respect to the beer festival, um, I've I've been just as a, a punter in previous years, yeah, and there, yeah. maybe you could argue there's a bit of a broader uh, spectrum of society maybe go along to that than than maybe a, in a pub environment. Would you Would you agree? Yes, I suppose so. Um, it's. Uh it's, yeah, we we get a fairly a fairly good range of, of demographic um, turning up, and we don't have trouble. You know, we do, 
would may occasionally have had to touch, touch to, wood, touch wood, of course, yes, yeah. <laughs> through, uh, have to suggest to someone who they may have perhaps uh, over imbibed and and uh, show them the door. But when that has happened, you know, it, there's never been any, you know, somebody's oh, oh fair enough, I suppose <laughs> it's a fair cop. Uh, I've had a I've had a message in from Albert, an interesting one. Um, going back to something we were talking about just before, um, foul language in pubs seems to be the norm, and some landlords and managers are as bad as their customers. Well, that's it's, right. It yeah. is a, a significant factor keeping people away from pubs. So I, I think there's there's a lot to be said for that. Although, from the um, the manager's uh, landlord's point of view, uh, it is also the case that the ones who are uh, the foulest mouthed, <laughs> the loudest, are also the ones handing more cash over the bar. Um, it's a very difficult uh, mm. line to to mm. draw. Yeah, yeah, I can understand. Is that does that apply perhaps in in in, in Bushy's pubs? Um, it's what, a funny one. I, well, I, when I was more involved day to day, I think we'd tolerate bad language uh, if it was just amongst a group. But um, you know who were who were in the same conversation. But you'd always have to consider who was around, and if mm. there was someone who was going to be uh, offended, whether it was male or female, yeah. um, I'd have to uh, I'd always have to pull them up and ask them to uh, to tone it down. So yeah. I suppose that, that was where the the separate rooms sort mm. of came into their That's own. Right. If you had yeah. a if you had a snog or a, a games room or whatever, and if you know if that could be tolerated in those areas and the. Uh, and the the sort of uh, the, the mixed rooms or whatever you'd call them, the lounge bar could be uh, that could be a bit more uh, a little bit more, a bit more uh, genteel. Genteel, <laughs> yes. Mm. But um, no, it's uh, I, I think that's the point. That, you know, the moment somebody you, you you in a pub, you want to be all things to everyone, really. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be offend, having anybody offended. You don't yeah. want to be giving yeah. people a reason not to not to come into the pub. So. I think it's it's uh, although it's a it's a real challenge for a, for a landlord to uh, to try and keep everyone happy. Oh, it is. That um, is the uh, but that is the yeah. that is the ideal situation if you can. Uh, yep, you don't want to you don't want to upset anyone. The nation station, radio. You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio. We're talking pub politics this afternoon. Um, Another message has come in from Howard, which I'm going to put to my panel. Hello, folks. I used to go to a Douglas pub prior to the smoking ban, and your guest is right. Your clothes smell like an old ashtray. The landlord wouldn't put the fans on. Also, the television was blasting out football, a jukebox playing, plus a personal CD player. The barman would say if he turned turned any of them down, the landlord would turn them up again. Not a pleasant area for conversation. Needless to say, I am a supermarket buyer now. Interesting. Um, I suppose that's that sounds quite a quite an intimidating environment, maybe for for some people. Was that? I hope he's not in Peel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it was Douglas. Oh, right. oh yeah. he said Douglas. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, but how how much is is there a pressure then on whether it be landlords, barmen, um, whoever's? in charge there uh, to there to is always all, all the time is you know someone will say oh can you turn turn the, yeah. the volume up on the football over there and somebody else say oh that's too loud it's just just constant uh, well, yes you can't please all of the people all the time um it's it's a, a difficult as martin said a difficult difficult balancing act uh to to try and keep most people <laughs> um reasonably happy 
And what Martin said as well about the older style pub of having divided rooms, it was a lot easier to cater for those people then. They developed that way for a reason, Mm. and and to come in and uh, revamp them all and open all all out into a big barn uh, was a Mm -hmm. stupid idea. Mm, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) very much so. I was trying to use a, or think of a local example, I I live in Onken, my my local pub geographically is probably the Manx Arms, and that's still a case where you have you know a lounge side and a bar side yes, if you like yeah. but even you know if there's if there's karaoke on one side or something you you're still you can mm. still hear it on yeah, the other side you yeah. know you still you still have that that exposure i suppose um so maybe to an extent it's a bit inescapable what do you think um yeah but it, it depends different pubs i mean the, the white house has got multi multiple rooms and i'm sure you can uh, you can get away from it likewise the rovers i think the rovers has five different rooms which you know some of them can be okay some of them are quite small but yeah you can get away from the uh, the noise or the uh, the sort of the hustle bustle but um yeah it's it is part and parcel and I have, I often used to say to people who, if we were being badgered to turn the jukebox up, I'd, I'd offer to give them headphones and say, "Look, you can, I'll feed this through to headphones. You can turn it up full blast if you want, and yeah. you can uh, completely um, deafen yourself." But uh, <laughs> but it's got to be it's got to be a sort of fair a fair thing that doesn't uh, offend anyone. Sp- speaking of of noise and maybe some some offence, we spoke a bit just during that ad break about the use of pubs by societies by clubs maybe by sports teams um that presents a bit of a a bit of a difficult conflict for landlords doesn't it absolutely mm-hmm. yes <laughs> you've basically got a, you've got a situation that if you've uh, if you've got a, a a club or a team uh, who want to regularly use a pub on one hand it's a, a wonderful way, a way mm. of uh, sort of selling good good quantities of uh, beer and or whatever but um, unfortunately, th- this is the the dilemma that uh, a, a publican has. He's got to try and balance. He's, he's serving a uh, a product which uh, is going to mm-hmm. get people merrier, and merrier. And uh, at some point, you know, unfortunately, it affects everyone differently. But a couple of people might start to misbehave, and again, he's got to well, he or she, so I say, he or she's got to try and. Uh, get that balance that nobody's being offended mm. and you know um ideally you can uh, you can sort of um, you can have and hopefully you know if the people have got the respect of the pub they can they can see that it needs um you know they need there need to be um, limits that you know uh, how yeah. far people can go mm. but um no, again it's uh, that, that is the problem that a, that a publican has you know they've they're forever having to uh, sort of deal with these sort of uh, balances mm. And it goes back a bit to the way we talked about that pubs have been opened up into a larger single room. Mm. You know, like, like at the White House, for example, you know, we get sports teams in and they sit in one big room and, and the door they shut the doors and they keep themselves away. And we do get the problems that, you know, maybe they might have imbibed a little bit and then they'll wander out, but they wander back into that room and it doesn't really affect with, with what else is going on. Yeah. Mm. It's just the mess that we have to clean up afterwards. But there we go, that's <laughs> that's all what it's about. <laughs> but it's It's... It's guaranteed income, of course, oh, or, absolutely. or, or certainly consistent income, and that's. Yeah. I mean, you'd we, be, we'd be c- crazy to to turn that away. Yeah. You know? We we talk as much as we like about um, about what your views on beer are or or the pub, but ultimately, it's it's an economy, isn't it? And you're yeah. you're driven by yeah. you know by supply and demand, I guess. So. Absolutely, um, you've got to be very careful of not alienating your regular clientele well, yeah. yeah. through that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really really, as you say, balancing act, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, I just wanted to talk to you about a, a slightly different topic. Um, 
I noticed on on Twitter. Um, I'm looking at you, John, because I think yeah. I think you you indulge in this, but plenty of people probably do. There's there are apps now where you oh, can yes, you yeah. can track your your yeah. beer consumption, particularly if you're somebody who likes to try lots of uh-huh. lots of weird and wonderful ales. Yeah. I'm thinking of Untapped.com. Untapped, yeah. Tell tell us a bit about that maybe and 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 what 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 you get up to on there. Yeah, well, well I just use it. It's like you say, you keep track of the the beers that you've drunk, um, and it is you know it's, it's it's a social media thing, so it's got achievements and badges like kids might have in games and stuff so you're drinking beer and you go yes i've got another badge you know and the, but it's it is a good way you keep track of it and and you're sharing that with a group of friends as well and then you know you'll get a contact say, oh christ i had that somewhere the other week that was really good yeah and i, I suppose for if you're going to stay at a, a B&B or if you're going to a, yeah. a you know a, a heritage site or whatever TripAdvisor or something like yeah. that, it sort of serves a, a similar. Function, it's just all these it? things. Yeah, you, you you go somewhere and what you want to know where's good to, to drink locally or, or what good beer there is locally, and yeah, yeah. The, these these kind of apps are, are great for that. We should also add that um, uh, responsible drinking is is, is paramount too. Absolutely, um, yeah. And how how I suppose as as I'm going to say facilitators of of booze that the four of you are. How do you, how do you mitigate that, or what? Um, how do you how do you control that? What's the mechanism for ensuring people do drink responsibly? Um, I guess it's just the the age old thing. It's it's down to landlord and staff to yeah. to um, keep an eye on on what's going on. And um, the licensing laws yeah, it, do um, landlords pe- mm-hmm. people in charge of pubs are under a. a, a very great onus to to han- you know, handle uh, anybody who's overindulging. Um, that, that's the great the sad thing about um, you know the the rise of supermarket. You, know, you can go in the supermarket mm. and buy bottles of industrial strength cider or or beer for that matter, and um, spirits. and or spirits and and there's nobody. You know, if you're sat in your in in your home or in the bus shelter or wherever you mm. partake of it, um, there's no one there to to, to say, well, hang mm. on, you're you're you've gone a bit too far, um, and and put some sort of control on it, apart from you know, from Bobby on the beat or something who comes across it, yeah. uh, and has to deal with with it there. Yeah, because sometimes you have to turn people away that you know they might have just got off the bus. It could be their first drink in in town since they've come out and. They're already yeah, beyond beyond capability, mm. so you've got to turn them away, mm. and you've not even sold them a pint. <laughs> I was just casting my mind back to um to being a student when money was a little bit more finite, and certainly that was the done thing was you'd you'd you know do the majority of the of the drinking or or whatever prior to even going mm. to a pub. So that's yeah. that presents a whole different challenge for landlords oh, yeah, now, yeah. Um, which maybe wasn't there. I don't know. Even 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 maybe twenty years ago, Martin. Mm. Is, is that is that fair? Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's really uh, it's really caused a um, a problem for uh, licensees, and uh, it is really you know they have to use their judgment uh, all the time. But as you say, but the, but the pub or the club or whatever is 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 definitely the most um, it's the safest place uh, and mm. it's the safest environment because people are being monitored, and uh, and there isn't. And I I do sometimes think you know when you see these. Um, some of these drinks that are aimed at youngsters it's it's really um, it's really putting sort of young young people uh, and their uh, 
uh, organs <laughs> under yeah. uh, under severe pressure. You know, mm. when, when I yeah. first started drinking, you know, the I think the average strength beer was about three and a half to four, bit under four percent anyway, and. Um, Anyone drinking anything getting close to 5% was being brave, but you see youngsters uh, sort of, certainly when Alka Pops came out and they were sort of mm. getting, uh, they were sort of getting hold of this uh, 5% plus yeah. um, drinks, yeah. it was just to me, I just, it looked like a time bomb waiting to happen mm. and it was, it was actually going to cause, uh, cause damage. But, but uh, as I said, the, uh, you know, I suppose it's another reason that a pub will be a, a far safer environment and a far safer environment oh, yeah. For, yeah. for people to be drinking yeah. yeah another message in from from terry um one that we've sort of touched on a bit already but uh he says social media killed off the pubs more than the smoking ban lack of conversation in pubs everyone in the pubs today has their head buried in their phone and that includes the staff in some pubs <laughs> i yeah. I, yeah. I suspect i probably know your your views on this already um what do you think? Maybe I think it's quite well. Certainly, the places I drink in, mm-hmm. like the Whitey, it's yeah. quite stigmatised being on your phone. And you know, if you if you get your phone out and play a video <laughs> to someone, you'll get a few dirty looks. So yeah. it's I think it's very mm-hmm. much the people that drink in there that you know put, yeah. squashed that really. Um, but yeah, having been in some other pubs as well, I can mm-hmm. I can think of seeing loads of people. Yeah. Especially the bar staff, like oh, heads yeah, buried in it. Yeah. That's awful to see that. Yeah, bar, bar staff. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, not paying any attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's very much. It's part of their role. The bar staff should be engaging with the customers yeah. and having and chatting. And it's uh, as you say, it's not good to uh, certainly get a dirty look from dinosaurs like me. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it. But you know, interestingly, there was a there was a a piece recently that. Um, it was um, not so much pubs, this is more to do with restaurants, but uh, one of the big chains um, in Britain um, had in- have introduced a uh, no uh, mobile phone, uh, a phone-free zone. Mm. And um, as far as I've, I haven't seen it personally, but I've read about it, that they they have a, a sort of basket and everyone is um, encouraged to put their phone in the in the middle of the table. But the really interesting thing that I found was that this that the, the, the um, requests had come from children, who wanted to talk to their parents? They were sick of their mothers <laughs> and their uh, and their older oh. uh, people who who were who were constantly on their phones. And yeah. It was the kids who actually wanted to uh, who wanted the children to talk. So, it's just uh, it isn't sort of it's it's never quite it's as simple as you think. Yeah. And uh, it was I found that fascinating. There's a pub on top of the Mendip Hills called the Hunter's Rest, and uh, in a cabinet he's got a, a, a tombstone that's a mobile phone. And he's he's legendary, terrifying. You know, he, he, if your phone went off, you would just peg it from the door, and annihilate you. We're yeah. we're we're quickly approaching the one o'clock news. Just finally, do you think a mobile phone ban is a is a, a feasible idea in a pub? I don't think so myself, because no, um, no. it, it is still a useful tool. Because people talk, and sometimes somebody doesn't know the answer. So Google is your friend at that point. Yeah. Sorry, obviously other search engines are available. <laughs> um, we're going to be joined by a fifth guest now from the from the ether. Uh, Chris Griffiths, aka Bottle Monkey, has made his name on the island as a supplier of the more curious and quirky craft beers. But Chris, with a history of home brewing himself, is planning on going back to his roots. In conjunction with proposals made by Castletown commissioners, he's hoping to be the resident brewer for a nano brewery planned for the town's old fire station. Well, I caught up with Chris earlier this week at one of his bottle sharing events at Compton Vaults and asked him if the craft beer scene, so to speak, which has become a bit of a trend in the towns and cities of the UK, was beginning to take hold here on the Isle of Man. 
I think we started to see it sort of over the last 18 months to two years. I mean, I started, we talked, yeah, probably like 16 to 18 months ago when I first started, um, and it was kind of by accident. Um, just me and a group of friends sharing beers, and we're like, we can't get these over here. And then I started doing a few little events, particularly with Noah, they were really helpful when we started. So we did like a beer dinner and stuff like that, where we paired beer and food together. And, and off the back of those, places were seeing that that beer is popular and they wanted to know where they could get it from. And I fell by accident into then wholesaling as a result. And obviously I was getting small amounts from the little events and then people started asking me, can you get that for us? Can you get this? So, and then that's tied in with sort of the boom in the sort of independent food industry in the Alaman. So we look at places like Secret Pizza and South Restaurant and Farage and Vinters and those sorts of guys. They're all wanting that something a little bit different. So the more modern styles of beer and things coming in, and that's what happens with all these little independent places. There's just there's so much variety. You can bring it in here and you can change that. But we don't have that little hub in the Alaman yet. So we're getting those beers brought in. So from my point of view, we've got a really great tradition of like real ale and stuff on the island, but that more modern craft side of things we don't really have. The Hooded Ram is probably somewhere in between, and um, a bit like kind of doing both. Um, but I want to be purely on that side, and sort of bring the flavour, that really full flavour beers with different ingredients in, you know, into what we can do on the Alaman, because we've got a lot of products over here that would work to be used with beer and alongside the beer and all that sort of stuff, so we can tie it all together. We've seen um, Camera as, a, as an organisation uh, have quite a lot of success. I think its mission statement, uh, to my knowledge, was basically to try and revive interest in, in real ale. Um, that's, you could argue, happened to an extent. Um, maybe their attentions turn a bit more to the pub now and that, that kind of community drinking atmosphere. How, do, how does your kind of project tie in with some of those aims, maybe? Um, what I think, I mean, Cameron for me, they, they sort of champion the real ale side of things in Caspia, which is something I would never want to see die out. It, you know, a perfectly served cask beer is an amazing thing. Um, but by the same point, you can get the same sort of um, product from a keg. It's just a different thing. Um, I listened to an interview with sort of the chairman of Cameron actually over the last few days. Um, one of the key things that stuck me when they were talking about um, the changes that are going on in Cameron, their changes in attitude, because they they're seen as quite a fuddy-duddy group and they're not really. They're quite progressive in what they do in the background, it's just I don't think we see it on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and he was saying the key thing when the camera started, those guys who sat in that pub at one point and discussed the beer we love, it's dying out, what do we do? What they wanted to see was change to a, you know, a more available access to a world of beer that they enjoyed. And that for me is essentially what I've done with the craft beers I enjoyed. They weren't available on the Alamance, so I've tried to bring them here and get them out to people. So from my point of view, in terms of thought process, we're kind of doing the same thing, but for different products. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where I sort of sit. I think it's a parallel thing. You know, obviously they're a consumer group, so they just champion it, while I'm physically trying to push the beer out to people and get them interested. So I think it ties in and marries hand in hand. I think they're very complementary to each other. And just to go back on something you said quickly before, um, you mentioned a bit about the sort of different attitudes with maybe wines or with gins, um, where you have, you know, big range marketed at different places for the consumer, um, and very much it being championed about the selection, you know, on a, on a restaurant's menu or whatever it might be. Why do you think the attitude to beer is is different, or maybe has been different historically? 
I think it's a cost thing. Um, I know that's that's like a really important thing to a lot of people is the price of of a product. I think we have, unfortunately, we we've kind of pushed beer to the lower scale. It's the drink of the people, and the people that can't afford the nicer things in life maybe want to have something for themselves. And beer is that thing. Um, but I think there are elements where it does become a race to the bottom in the pricing of beers. Um, so there's there's a lot of variance in the quality of the beer you can get. But I think the old adage of you get what you pay for sits very true in that arena. Um, and I think that's the thing we've got a we've got a kind of tradition. The British and the Lanx and everyone of you know that five pints on a Friday and Saturday night out. And there's a very bravado laddie thing about it. But I think. In the change of the kinds of beers we're seeing, people are starting to realise there's so many different styles of beer. You know, it's not just lager that you see constantly in every single bar. You know, we've got IPAs, we've got pale ales, we've got curs, we've got lambics, we've got Belgian styles, all of these different things from all over the world. And people are making them in the UK now, and closer to home where it's more accessible to everyone. So we're kind of getting away from that culture and we need to sort of bring it in line. I mean, wine has always been considered quite a foodie thing. You know, your gins and your spirits are always considered you know, they're quite trendy and quite high level. Beer is always that thing that, you know, you go to the pub and have a few pints with your mates. And that's exactly what it should be. But that doesn't mean it has to be a bad product or not of a quality similar to the other things. And um, I think there's a niche where you can have that, you know, that IPA, that lager, that pale ale, and it can be a great beer. You can still have it in the pub with your mates. But there's also those different levels and um, where you can have a different style of beer that works really well with food at a restaurant etc there's just a lot of nuances to it and there's a lot of things you can do with beer which I just don't think people realise because we've kind of sunk to that sort of lag culture with it over sort of the last 10-15 years. That was Chris Griffiths there aka Bottle Monkey speaking to me earlier this week. Um, I made a few points there, and there, there were lots and lots of points, obviously, to try and pick on about about camera. And I wanted to ask um, Matt if you could um, sort of give give me your thoughts. Am I am I right in saying that the the, the campaign for real ale has had some success? Yeah, um, one of the arguments has been that it, the, the the camera have have won the the. Uh, uh, the battle to uh, save real real ale, you know, back in the 70s when you know, the Motley's Red Barrel and Trophy Bitter were being forced upon people and they were taking pump, hand pumps out of all the pubs. Um, camera was set up and has been a, you know, a very, very effective uh, campaign. Um, without it, we probably wouldn't have real ale anymore, I suspect. Um, but in the last two or three years, camera as a as an entity has been has pondered its navel and uh, taken on board um, the the, the um, fostering of uh, the pub uh, as a as a as an institution worth saving, um, and has also. Um, embraced, if you like, the the alternative beers, the craft ales, as they call them. Um, for me, personally, uh, although I, I I did vote uh, for, um, for for embracing the, the the craft ales and in the revitalisation vote that that we had. Um, for me personally, my personal taste, 
the craft ales always seem to be a bit too cold, a bit too fizzy, and a bit too expensive for my <laughs> for my taste. Um, John, if I could come to yeah. you, um, they're, they're they're quite different products, aren't they? First and foremost, I mean, uh, do you do you supply a bit of both? Maybe at uh, the, at the yeah, two we fellows? do. Yeah, because uh, I've had an interesting chat with Chris uh, in the past at the Food and Drink Festival a couple of years ago, and and we actually use him to bring in some some cans and bottles of craft beer because you know I'm a long-standing camera member myself 25 years or so but uh, I do enjoy uh, craft ales because uh, there, there's there are some amazing flavors in there I mean there's quite a difference between a you know a, a three and a half percent session beer and uh, an eight percent double hopped American IPA you <laughs> know which they just taste absolutely fantastic yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I I wouldn't uh, deny that that, that that there are some Fantastic. Yeah, so I've, I've definitely got a, got a, a, a foot in both camps. But then yeah. some of these craft brewers, they still do real ale as well. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years back, I had a, a beer that was only 2.8%, but it had 12 different hops in it, and it was just glorious. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't cheap, but uh, it was very nice. I, I am, I'm, believe it or not, in my, my 20s, so I haven't had a, a huge amount of experience drinking of, of legal age. But even in my memory, the diversity of... Of product for beer has has expanded pretty pretty rapidly. Oh, yeah. That can only be a good thing, surely, for the consumer. More choice and more more to yeah, more to enjoy. De- definitely, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And you know, to hark back to to the to the two fellows, you know, that 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 is part of what we're doing. The fact that it's going to be choice every week. You go in, there's something different, and we want to get stuff, not just the the, the craft ale in cans and bottles, but also on on the hand pumps, the real ale. You know, there are some of these modern breweries like Sirencraft is one. We've had one of their beers. We've got two of their beers in in the fridge, and we've got one. We've had one uh, on the hand pump, but you can't do that every week because they are, you know, instead of being like three pound for a pint, you're looking at four pound for a pint. So it is a it is a little bit different, but uh, still very well received by people that come in. You were talking about like younger demographic before as well, and I think that the craft scene is certainly yeah because you want to attract yeah. really, do, in, really yeah. brought drinkers yes. back that way plenty, yeah. plenty of, yeah. uh, of us uh, slightly more older people are, are trying the, uh, the the cans of craft beer and going oh wow <laughs> but I mean the the, the the range and variety of, of styles of beer the that uh, is produced as real ale is is, mm. um, is vast mm. and if I can just get my plug in yeah. <laughs> we will have 142 different Different beers at uh, at the festival. We've got a couple of casks of uh, four or five, which we know will be popular, um, but which brings us up to the 150 odd. Um, and if anybody wants to uh, see and sample um, the range of, of beers that are available, uh, come on down. Um, I uh, if if I can say. I've got my li- the beer list in front of me here, and and it's one of the best uh, we've had, I, I think. And I'm not blowing my own trumpet there because I've had no no part in actually uh, choosing or or ordering the beers. But uh, uh, our chairman, Martin Anderson, has uh, I think done a a fine job. And um, uh, if you can't find something that uh, that floats your boat in what we've got uh, next week. Uh, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> I, I've I've printed a copy of the of the list myself, and we'll, we'll maybe talk a bit more about some of the beers that are going to be uh, yeah. going to be there shortly. Um, a few personal favourites. Uh, the Titanic Plum Porter is making me quite <laughs> quite thirsty already. Oh, yeah, you've got two of those. <laughs> two um, of that, I should say. I wanted just quickly to talk about this concept of a 
of a community craft brewery. Um, mm. It is obviously subject to planning uh, proposal, uh, planning application uh, being confirmed or, or, or not. But as, as a principle then, to go into a venue and have the ability to to drink beer, but also to learn how to brew and to kind of have some community spaces under one roof, um, that's an interesting idea, Martin. What do yeah, you think? definitely. I think, you know, anything that, that encourages... Um, people to go out and to sort of uh, yeah, and as you say, to uh, to, uh, to to widen their um, their sort of uh, knowledge of beer. I mean, obviously, I'm a I'm a big beer fan, <laughs> and um, I you know I personally just I think it's all very positive, and uh, you know it, it it's funny, but we do we do go full circle because many many years ago, pubs all used to brew their own beer, and uh, you know I'm going back. A hundred, uh, yeah, a couple yeah. of hundred, bit, a couple of hundred years ago, probably. But uh, you know, it was that was the norm, and very often brewed by women, strangely mm, yes, enough. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's it's not new, and uh, we do sort of, uh, we, we we often think that we're seeing things for the first time, but it's very often it has all happened uh, uh, once before, and uh, I, I think it's I think it's great. And, and the craft beer movement, you know, it it is focused towards quality and. Mm. Um, it it beggars belief to me that so many people are, are happy to go out to the pub and drink. Well, I won't name it because it's, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but a very prominent lager, a, a co- which, common product, a yeah, common, yeah. A commonly available lager, <laughs> which will cost you more than four pounds a pint, and it is such a bland and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're quite right. I'm not going to get any arguments down this end. <laughs> I know it's uh, it is, but unfortunately, bland does seem to uh, it does seem to rule the roost for a lot of people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. As, as a fairly new publican, I'm going to say that it's a marvellous product. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, it's probably a good time to say I had a, a trip to the pub myself recently, um, purely for research purposes, of course, and I asked a few of the punters around me for their views. Um, the main thing I wanted to find out was what people look for when they choose a beer, what factors are most important to them. Um, I did actually record the, some of the responses, but the, the karaoke and the swearing was a bit too intrusive to, <laughs> to, to be put on radio, which proves some of the points earlier, perhaps. Um, I got a wide range of responses. One one guy said he drinks the same thing wherever he goes. I strongly suspect it's the, the beer you're talking yeah, about in yeah. question. Um, and if that isn't served, he finds the, the closest alternative. He's happy. That's it. That's all he looks for. A few people said about prices being a big factor. Um, they choose not just the beer they drink based upon what they you know, like, but also what's good value. Um, a couple said they like trying new things wherever possible. Maybe that's a bit more the yeah. sort of people might be in the in the two fellas micropub. Um, you know, they they if they haven't heard of it, they give it a go basically. Mm. Um, and then most people said variations of the same thing. That depends on on context, on whether it's sort of sunny or wet, uh, inside or outside, etc. Whatever it might be. Um, how 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 much as facilitators of beer do you take such things into account? I suppose if we work backwards. <laughs> Or, or, or as consumers, what, what's, what's yeah. important, really? Uh, well, certainly for me, if I think about myself as a consumer, I am one of these people that will walk into somewhere and I'm looking for something that I've not had before. Yeah. I, want, I want to try something different. You know, I'm, I'm happy to drink what I do regularly drink. You know, uh, there was a certain beer by the, the largest brewery on the island that if it was in and there wasn't something else I fancied, I would always go for that. Um, but usually I want to be challenged. And obviously, you know, with the micropub, I think that's, that's what we're there to do. Because we thought that the um, the choice 
on the island was getting a little bit steamy. You could yeah. go between pubs and you'd see the same guest beers. So we wanted to make sure that people could walk into our place and, and go, I have no idea what that beer is. <laughs> I've never even heard of that brewery or the town that it comes from. Mm. So unfortunately it means that we don't sell a lot of local product, but then all the, all the beers are just you know, unique to the island. You, you usually won't see them elsewhere. Are, are prices ever a, a deterrent to people, do you feel? Or, I mean, whether that be on personal experience or whether that be from, from customers, perhaps, um, how much does that have an impact? It, it can be, I know, because like we talked about the craft beer, because we've got, we've, got we've got a fridge with craft beers in and people are always interested because they're, they're bright colours and they, they look interesting. And so then uh, they say, uh, oh, I wouldn't mind trying that. And then obviously you tell them the price and they go, oh, really? <laughs> but then they'll have a go and then you'll just see how surprised they are with that, uh, that the flavours that are in there. We had one message in, um, in reference to a, a well-known brewery on the Isle of Man, um, that the comparisons between the prices of products here compared to the UK. So this person, it's anonymous, says a pint of Guinness is in the UK. You can find it for £2.50 here. It's more like kind of 450 or certainly yeah. above four um basically he asks what why are we getting ripped off i suppose it's what what do you think martin maybe it's it's that it's, will probably be um down to the economies of scale so i'm going to guess that the the place where um he managed to find guinness at two pound fifty a pint which uh, it does sound quite uh, weather spoon yeah i'm gonna say <laughs> yes, it'll be yeah. one of the big yeah, chains yeah. Uh, i'm guessing and uh, uh, having you know nearly a thousand pubs enables them to buy mm. at such a price that they can you know they can discount and uh, and that and that that'll be across the board you know they can uh, make it off of very very uh, um sort of low prices whereas on the island we're uh, you know, the island isn't. It, I suppose it depends where you're comparing it to, but the Isle of Man, it, it, you know, and especially when you factor in the um, the um, the costs of getting stuff here, and you have to remember sending empties back. So yeah, it's it's yeah. a two way, yeah. it is a it is a two way uh, problem. So um, no, the Isle of Man is is uh, I'd I'd always say it's good value, and um, you know it's when you consider where we are, I think. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and and you're talking of of. The beers that that chap is referring to, um, it is galling uh, when you pay, you're paying forty or fifty pence a pint more for it in that company's managed houses than you will in a free house. Yeah, or you can go to Liverpool into one of their pubs in Liverpool, and it's cheaper as well. And you think, well, what's that, what's that all about? <laughs> Um, we're talking pub politics on Manx Radio. It would be rude not to try some beer. Now, we've been joined in the studio by a couple of my colleagues. Aaron Ibanez, the producer of this programme, joins us. And Sean Cowper, a colleague from the newsroom, also joins us. Now, we've very kindly, uh, Mr <laughs> Brunchvall, have been supplied with a uh, rather special beer. Can you tell us a bit about this, first of all? Yes, this is uh, a new beer that we've uh, that we've uh, come up with. Uh, Curly, my brewer, has, uh, he's basically... He's he's been um, experimenting for a while now um, using honey, and uh, and this is a I personally think it's a lovely beer. It's got a, a very uh, uh, a very balanced um, um, flavour of the honey, which you know you it, you wouldn't want it to be too sweet. It would be quite cloying, but uh, I think it's a lovely rich um, a lovely rich brew. And uh, it's uh, we're very proud to say that we, we it's incorporating 100% Manx honey. Which um, it comes from uh, a, a small producer in uh, Grenaby, 
at uh, uh, Stan Garrett, who's uh, who we're very uh, very proud. You know, it's a proper Manx holly. It isn't one of these just sort of badged up ones. And uh, well, I think I'd like to think that. And sorry, and the other thing is, it's going to be the um, the beer which is going to be um, used for um, raising um, the charity. Yes, at, at, the fe- yeah. beer, at the beer festival. Could you um, t- tell tell us a little bit there? Yeah, it's, uh, the each year we have a um, a good cause, uh, a chosen good cause. This year it's the Lions Club Isle of Man, um, and. Uh, basically, we will have uh, well, the the Lions Club will have a a presence in in the in the hall, a, a table and some advertising um, material, etc., and a few buckets. Uh, and we will be encouraging people to uh, put any loose change in them. But also, more, more uh, significantly, the uh, the festival runs on uh, a cashless bar. You have to purchase beer tokens uh, that are. Uh, the money is is scrapped, you know, uh, struck struck out uh, with a marker pen as you as you purchase a beer. Um, but if you have any unused tokens over at the end of the festival, uh, you're encouraged to put those in the um, in the bucket as well. And and we top them up at the end and uh, give the the chosen charity a, a check. Well, w- without any further ado, uh, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Just a disclaimer yeah. for everyone listening, um, please drink responsibly. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Really? And it goes silent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a, good, a good hit of honey, actually. Yes, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's conditioned with the, with the Manx honey. Oh, and I, f- I should also mention that uh, Camera have uh, have requested that uh, Mr. Garrett comes down, uh, who is the honey producer, and he's going to be pulling the first pint. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, honey's very much uh, in the forefront, and I think it's it's great, to, you know, that we're encouraging an- another local product. As summer comes in, I'd like a, I kind of move away from ale, um, but it's quite a nice summery ale. Mm. I'd, I'd drink that exactly. throughout the summer, definitely. No, it's it's beautiful. Yeah. Nice, it nice, nice during a barbecue, I think. Definitely. Mm. <laughs> we we mentioned a bit about sort of the context for different drinks and um, drinking things in their environment or in the right kind of climate. Um, maybe cider is a bit more of a summery drink for, do, for for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, fair? over the winter months, we like with the Max Cider Company, we see a huge slump in sales. Um, we don't because we only offer a kind of a, a real natural products. We don't do the the fizzy stuff yet. Here's something we've hopefully got in the pipeline, but yeah, it's. Certainly, our sales jump massively come May, um, and then drop off usually October time. So, now we yeah. we, ha- we had a, a listener comment um, before before the one o'clock news, Sean, that we that we had a, a male only panel. Um, <laughs> you're 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 rather rather accustomed to, to beer drinking. What do you think of this? Um, I mean, I I do very much enjoy beer. Um, I, I personally lean towards your sort of your stouts and your porters. Um, I don't. I don't know that it is an exclusively male thing. Um, you do. You do see a good, good smattering of females at the beer festival. Um, yeah. I think. I think women are getting more. I think. I think we're less conscious that you have to be seen to be a dainty little girl holding a wine glass. I think we don't care anymore, uh, or less certainly when um, we're holding a pint glass. I think it's. It's become a more acceptable thing. So. And I, I should add as well, and um, this is the Isle of Man Beer and Cider Festival. There are also 
fruit wines and, uh, and mead, meads yeah, available yeah. as well. So a, a, a bit of a, a bit of a range for yeah, people. Yeah, it's got a, a bit of something for for everyone. Martin, just out of curiosity, how does this differ from a mead? Because of course a mead is classically a, a honey-based beer, isn't it? I mean, well, well more of a wine. Would you oh, call it okay. a, yeah, a, a wine? Uh, so, it's, it's I suppose the main difference is the hops. We because it's a a it's a, it's um it's not as um alcoholic. So at four percent, by the way, the, 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 this honey beer is called Wild Thing. So that's what you'll see when you uh, when you see it around the pubs on the island. But uh, yeah, hops give it that sort of slight bitterness. But it is um, but it is a uh, it's a very um, in my view very nicely balanced beer. So the hops aren't overpowering. And, and the honey flavour does come through. I was just going to, if I could, if I could, you've got the well, we've got, we've we've got a big there. version oh, yeah. here, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, if, in case this does get visualised, there you go. So that's the that's the, the beer of the festival, wild thing. Um, a bit in terms of, I mean, it was mentioned earlier again, the the pure beer act on the Isle of Man, mm. and um, how does how does brewing differ, perhaps here to to across I'll, I'll well, ask you first yes well I mean we're um, I think it's a wonderful um, a marketing tool um, that we have the you know the Isle of Man does have its beer purity laws which basically say that we're um, we're, we're um, not allowed to use any of the uh, the cheaper ingredients that you might see in some of those uh, um, inferior products where they use rice and corn starch and all these sort of things, which basically <laughs> they um, they just sort of uh, it's it's a way of cu- cutting costs. So the fact that we do use uh, all of these natural ingredients, and we and we do um, we are uh, allowed now to use uh, uh, things like honey, and we use we use blackberries um, mm. in the um, in the autumn. Uh, but oh, uh, sorry. Another plug. Uh, Camera have kindly um, agreed to stock our oyster stout as well, which is going to be at the uh, at the festival, which yes. is uh, is out in the pubs at the moment. Which is another lovely brew. Which uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah mm. So uh, a, a good, a lovely range of beers, and uh, you know, I'd like to think that um, yeah, the Pure Beer Act is uh, is a big is a big part of it. For those who aren't familiar with with the brewing process, to start from the very beginning, this is basically four key ingredients. Is that is that right? Well, it is. We we um, in the the most strict brewing uh, laws in the world are German, and they they actually only uh, permit four ingredients, which is the water, it's the uh, the malted uh, barley, it's the hops, and the yeast. Now, in the island, we could use sugar. Um, we at bushes we we choose not to, but uh, sugar is uh, would be permitted. So we, we so we allow five uh, main ingredients, but the idea is it, that, that we're not supposed to use any ingredients which would be a substitute for those ingredients. So that's uh, how uh, things like oysters and a bit of honey or uh, fruit can be um, can be added. It doesn't actually uh, it contravene that um, the, the the wording of the law. But no, it's uh, it, it's it's just another you know another um the feather in our in our cap and it, it gives us uh, an extra um, i think it's a, a lovely thing for visitors to know, visitors to know that you know the beer on the island is guaranteed to be pure by law when it comes to to cider um mm. how does the sort of regulatory framework differ maybe? it's it's a funny i mean there's a huge list of ingredients that you can whack into cider which is <laughs> full of horrible nasties um but the, the, our style of making cider is is you know it's like we, we only use one ingredient really we use apple juice and it's 100% product um, for a couple of our products we do sweeten with um, a raw cane sugar um, but the problem we've got which isn't seen as a problem for drinkers who appreciate the cider is that we don't pasteurise it we don't filter it um, we don't sulphite it so it's, it's an incredibly natural product but 
if you sweeten that and stick it in bottles, you end up with explosive devices. <laughs> so at the moment, we only do a still cider that's available in the pubs, but it's a, it's a, it's a really natural product, which I think people do appreciate. And with it being, and this maybe applies to, to both real ale and to cider, with it being kind of natural ingredients, you sometimes get some kind of sediment, is that the Yeah, right it's often often cloudy. I mean, we we don't actually add any yeast or anything. We use the wild yeasts that exist on the on the apple skins. Um, and one one batch is completely different to the next. It's it's really random. Um, that's, that's something I was looking to ask so you've prompted my jog my brain there how how do brewers maintain that consistency of product because you know if you take whether it be bushies or whether it be any other product whether it be manx cider company they always have a distinctive flavor and mm. if you are if you're well, familiar with it don't, of course mm. you know, those belgians they get up to all sorts of <laughs> crazy things with wild yeast mm. Mm. they do and yeah they can be quite uh, as you say they can be very uh, very uh, wild flavours as mm. well, mm. but um, no, I mean the consistency is a big part of uh, of what we try and do, and uh, the we're we're to a degree at the mercy of our suppliers that that are um, you know the raw ingredients are going to be uh, as consistent as possible. Our yeast, um, we have our own strain of yeast now, which um, we have to keep um, we have to keep it. Uh, there are um, companies that, that that will store and freeze your uh, your yeast. Um, a variety and as, which basically means that if touch wood if we ever had a problem we can we can get a um, a, a supply of our own um, our own sort of uh, strain of yeast which will uh, again should keep the um, the consistency and the flavors with respect to maybe this is one for you John with respect to the uh, the maybe some of the cons of having the pure beer mm -hmm. act um, you, you hear people say sometimes that Manx beer doesn't travel very well, for example. Right. Is, is, there, is there any truth in that? I don't know. Um, I, I don't so. really know, because obviously if, if ever I'm across, I, I, I don't drink Manx beer. You know, there's, there's lots of other choice. Um, I, did I did have one at the Great British Beer Festival many years ago. Uh, I think it was an Opal's Mild, and that, that really didn't travel, that's for sure. <laughs> um, that was kind of the argument for Guinness, wasn't it? Didn't they say that like they didn't ship it out of Dublin because it doesn't travel well right. or something? I don't know. Possibly, yeah, yeah. That was probably a swear word. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is, there, is there any truth in that? Do you think from from? Uh... I don't know. It, it's certainly a well um, vaunted mm. thing about some beers that oh they don't travel well, but um, yeah, we we get that obviously because our beers mostly come from across. Yeah. Well, then think about people say that oh you got that here, well that doesn't travel. Yeah. <laughs> I think, it's, it, I think, it. I think it's, a myth, it's a myth. I think out. it is a myth. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but when you think of the you know, IPA, origin, the original mm. IPA, which acquired its uh, its particular style by being shipped halfway across the world yeah. and mm. taking three or four months to do it. That is the, the last order's sound, actually, gentlemen. We're, we're getting towards the end of the programme. A quick game to finish. Quite a sad game, but with a, a serious point. I was wondering if we can list a few pubs across the island which have closed, because there are, there are quite a quite a number of, uh, of ones I can I can list off, certainly. So if we could go around one, one by one and we'll see how far we can get. How does that sound? So I'll, I'll, I'll do the easy one, which we've already mentioned. Liverpool Arms, quite recently. Uh, yeah, the ship in Castleham. Yeah, yeah. If you think of Douglas, you've got like the the Waterloo, the Dogs Home, 
the globe, the legs of man, and all breeze. sorts. I mean, one of, my, one of the ones that I will always miss is the Foresters. That was yeah. such a lovely, yeah. lovely yeah. pub. And, uh, oh, I miss that one. Uh, Christy De Haven joins us in the studio. Hello, the, the, darling. The, 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 Cheers, everybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm not drinking beer at all. <laughs> no, chink, chink. Uh, the, the, the traff at the bottom of the I hill. I was just going to say the traff is the one a, I was going to mention. Be a common haunt that for. was absolutely the highlight of local music on the Isle of Man. I mean, for my era, it there was, was Douglas right. Head, of course, was was years, big as well. But yeah, the traff with Earl, the uh, yeah, landlord yeah, yeah, there. You great. probably remember yeah, that yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was brilliant. That yeah, I loved it. I'm thinking as well, um, the waterfall in Glen May. Yeah. Quite, oh, yeah, quite a recent that one. Was a good one. Uh, Bushies. Hi- the Highwayman. Mm. Uh, this Alex. isn't at all depressing, Dolan. <laughs> <laughs> Finish on the loon. I mean, I, I, I haven't, I haven't done any counting, but um, it does make you wonder if, if uh, the amount of pubs is is at a, a bit of a low. Would you think, Martin? Uh, I'd certainly say more have closed than have opened, but it, but it is a sort of it's always a moving sort of uh, trade, and you know there are these new bars which you which mentioned, appearing. and yeah, yeah. In Castletown, as I said, has, yeah, uh, yeah. Has, has got some very uh, interesting pubs and restaurants, which are bars new, and restaurants that have opened and Port Erin. A new one planned in Duke Street. In oh yes, of course, yeah. yeah. There's the big uh, 1886, which has just opened. So Street, yeah. so it is a um, it, you know it's a. It's a, a, a constantly changing uh, environment, and uh, hopefully the trade will move with the times. It would be remiss of me not to ask. Um, I must ask a bit about the Bushies TT Village. Oh yes, um, <laughs> which was a, an inaugural uh, happening last year, set to go again this year. That's where, right. Where, where are we at with um, with plans there? Well, yeah, it's uh, golly, it's frightening how quickly. Uh, uh, I think yesterday it was seven weeks yesterday that uh, will be open. Uh, touch wood, and uh, yeah. And it's um, no, it's we're, we've got big plans to uh, you know to it's going to be bigger and better. Uh, we've, we're going to improve on the uh, we we didn't we hated seeing those queues, uh, so we're going to have more bar areas and uh, yeah more ladies' toilets, <laughs> which is always <laughs> a uh, which is a big thing. <laughs> and uh, no, I'd, if you don't mind me saying, I'd love to. Uh, we're we're, um, we're sort of recruiting as we speak, and uh, I just encourage people not to leave it too late because the positions are filling up fast. And uh, no, we're really uh, we're looking forward to it. We'll keep our fingers crossed for the weather. <laughs> yes, the weather will. Well, I mean, but 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 we. I'd like to think we are. Uh, we're prepared. You know, if the weather isn't. Uh, I mean, to be as good as last year would be a well, a yes. massive. Uh, <laughs> that would be a massive thing. But um, I'd like to think that if the forecasts uh, are ever not so good, we can just ask people just to come down anyway. Bring your wellies, mm-hmm. bring your uh, waterproofs, and uh, well, yeah. we're hardy folk. Exactly, come mm-hmm. down and uh, make it like, like a little mini Glastonbury, and uh, don't let the weather spoil it. <laughs> there, there were some pretty staggering statistics from last year. Off the top of my head, I think on the Wednesday of race week. Is it something like fourteen or fifteen thousand people yes. through the doors? That's I mean, right. It's a it's a hard act to follow, isn't it? I think. Well, yes, in some <laughs> ways, but, but the uh, but no, I mean we're we're geared up for it, and uh, we, I'd like to think we, we we've uh, we learnt quite a lot from last year, and uh, with luck we'll be getting that every day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.